From the crossroads of America in Indianapolis, Indiana, this is Get In, the show focused on the unfolding stories and most extraordinary innovations happening in the heartland today. I'm Matt Hunkler, CEO and co-founder of Powder Keg, and on the show today, CEO and co-founder of Casted, Lindsay Chepkema. It's not about the podcast. It's not about the podcast. It's about everything it can do for the brand and for the business. I believe that conversations that are being had on podcasts can be the center of the entire marketing strategy. Lindsay Chepkema is a marketing maven turned software entrepreneur. She's a first-time CEO leading a company that has raised millions of dollars and serves well-known software brands like HubSpot, Salesforce, PayPal, and Gong. Her company, Casted, is based in Indianapolis and is the first amplified marketing platform and podcasting solution for B2B marketers. Lindsay is a leader, a speaker, a marketer, a podcaster, a learner, and a founder. She's also a mom to three young boys, including twins, which means she can really do anything. In our conversation with Lindsay, we will explore how creative companies are increasing the impact of their content marketing, why businesses that podcast are closing sales 30% faster than other businesses, and what you can expect from podcasting in the future. All that is coming up on this episode of Get In. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're really excited. Obviously, we love working with Casted. Casted is what hosts our podcast here, but I figured we could get a little bit of the story behind the software, behind Let's the founder. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to start just by taking it back to where you grew up. And okay. that wasn't in Indiana, was it? It was not. No. Tell me about it. Lansing, Michigan. So you have to be careful not to say Lansing, Michigan with my nasal Michigan accent. Mm. But yeah, Lansing, Michigan. Kind of um, like Louisville, Louisville. You can't say mm-hmm. Louisville. That's Louisville. Can we can we get the mitten for the for the? Camera? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where so, on the mitten is Lansing, Michigan? Well, you, you have to do both peninsulas. Uh huh. And I was like here, right in the middle. Oh, right, right in the middle. middle, right in the middle of the palms. I have not been to Lansing, Michigan. What's oh, what's it like there? Missing out. What's it known um, for? Things that I grew up like on a lake. I did right. not. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> not even close. But Lansing is I mean, it's the capital, so there's a lot of government things. I was a GM town. And I think my family was the only family that did not have anybody that worked for the state of Michigan or for GM. Oh, wow. Parents do. My mom was a teacher and my dad drove kind of local delivery truck type situations. And yeah, we grew up right by Michigan State. So we bleed green in my house. I remember I woke up to vinyl of the Michigan State fight song. Amazing. Like blaring during every Saturday morning during football season. Do you still have that record? My dad does. That's and actually, we on on my Instagrams. See, we're going social already. Yeah. I was home at my parents' house a few, couple months ago, and I reminded my dad of that, and he fished it out and played it much to my mom's chagrin. And um, <laughs> for and it, it did not stop. There. It went for like two hours, and it was. Like, Do you use that as your walk up song now? Every time you go speak somewhere, I should walk up song. I should because I I didn't go there. Like I and funny, nobody in my family went there, but we're all kind of insane. Yeah, that's where I grew up. What what do you think, um, Lansing, Michigan, your family, kind of how you grew up with a teacher and Mm -hmm. delivery driver, how how do you think that kind of impacted you and just overall your career arc? Man, that's a big question. I know. Uh, Well, my husband and I both grew up in Lansing. We actually went to high school together. High school sweethearts. That's true. Wow. What was your meet cute? This is funny, actually. We were, so he was two years ahead of me, and so I was this freshman we did not start dating then. It was much much later. But how I, I met him 
was we were both in The Sound of Music musical, fall musical. And I was a freshman. He was a junior. And the first time I ever saw him, he was wearing Lederhosen because he was Friedrich in The Sound of Music. Classic. That's amazing. Yes. What were you yes. wearing? I normal clothes. I was normal clothes. I was an, he was I was wearing Lederhosen. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I was can a party still, attendee. Can he so. still fit in his Lederhosen? Absolutely not. He's he was like <laughs> six inches shorter then. So, but do, yeah. Do we get a sample of Sound of Music? Absolutely not. All right, all right. We'll try again at the end of the podcast <laughs> yeah. episode. Yeah, but I think to answer your question, yeah. I mean, we talk about that a lot. Like we, Michigan is very well, specifically Lansing is very blue collar. We grew up. Ex- extremely middle class in a great way. I went to an extremely diverse racially, ethically, socioeconomically school and, and district. My mom was a teacher and it was, I don't know, it just, that's, that was my normal and hard work, that Midwestern work ethic is real, very, very real. And, you know, very not material, very go out and get what you want. That was just a, a given. And I'm the first person in my family really to be in business. So I think very grounded, but at the same time, there's been a lot of figuring it out as I go because I didn't have like a parent that was a CEO or. So did you, <laughs> did your parents talk about, so, so you see it was just expected, right? So did they ever, was it ever outwardly spoken that you're expected to go and go to college and they, they said, try to say, well, you should go be a doctor. You should go be a, an hmm. attorney. Like, did they ever like kind of push Various occupations, or was it just, hey, after high school, you're expected to go to college, you figure it out, where you're going to go, how you're going to go, what you're going to major in, yeah. or do they kind of push different types of careers? It was definitely expected that I was going to go to college, which I I loved school. Like, I was a big nerd. I loved school, so that was a given to me, too. You think that you got that from your mom? Possibly. Possibly. My sister was not as big of a fan of the <laughs> I don't know. But so I knew I was going to go to school to go to college. It was also very like, but don't get too big for your britches and think that you're going to go to like, you know, <laughs> I really want to go to Northwestern. Harvard. Yeah. That was like, add, for, on what planet are you going to go to some, you know, expensive school? So uh, I was like, go get your scholarships, go to a state school and get it done. And I'm really creative. I, I mentioned before we started recording, I, I wanted to do music and theater and design and become a graphic designer. And I was kind of nudged away from that where it was like, Maybe you do something that's a little <laughs> bit more like likely to have a paycheck. And, and so naturally marketing and marketing is very creative. I mean, the way that that was kind of pitched to me was like, you know, creativity and people and it can go so many different directions. So that's that's how I ended up here. So, yeah, I think I wasn't nudged into any specific career, but it was like, go do something. Go, go do something. Yeah. yeah, go go do something. Was entrepreneurship part of your life growing up? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I think this was I, my Parents, I still don't think fully. They had no idea. My dad's never had an email address. So, seriously. He is a smart man. Yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about doing a moratorium on email. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I and like he, that. He has a flip phone. Like, he doesn't know how to use a smartphone. Mate. And so, and my mom doesn't know the difference between texts and emails. So, text, <laughs> seriously, I'm not making fun of him. It's a truth. Like, so when I said, I'm, you know, I'm starting this podcast company, they were like, what's, what's a podcast? Pod- yeah, it's amazing. And so, entrepreneurship, it was, that part of it, I've, I've talked to my parents about it. They're like, that's not surprising at all. Like you going and doing something that makes total sense, but like a tech company, like we don't, like, what are you even doing? So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's uh, interesting. <laughs> what are some of the things that you learned in the performing arts that you still apply today as a CEO, as a leader in your community yeah. and on your team? Thinking on your feet. Storytelling is the foundation of 
everything. I think quite often people think that storytelling, the relationships between the air quotes characters, people on your team, the the vibe that you give, the brand that you portray is often seen as, I'm starting to see this term, but has often been seen as something soft. Like Mm -hmm. you have the business and then sure, then you have like the brand, but like the brand is the business. Yeah, Storytelling is the business. What we're doing right now is it. That's the foundation. And when you become confident in telling a story and creating a story in portraying a story, confidence, even just being on a stage and like doing things like this and knowing that people are pulling for you, people want to see you succeed, whether you're on a stage playing a character or on the news, you know, talking about your company. I think that's, that's real. It's a lot more important than people think. It's, it's every, at least every bit as important as a spreadsheet or any other function of the business. Was there anything that you learned from like an early mentor on how to tell a good story or how to build that confidence when you're, you know, quote unquote on stage, you know, and in high school it was literally a physical stage, yeah. but now it's more a digital stage. You know, I'm sure there's, there's lots of things, but um, the first thing that came to my mind was I had a choir director and I was a big choir nerd and she was the first person to, and she trilled it into all of our heads, like what, stage What presence. grade is this? Starting in seventh grade okay. and then all the way through high school. And she was really big on stage presence. So mm. like, and she always said, and she was really hard on us. And so not always a good experience, but like, <laughs> but she was like, your performance begins the second you walk on stage, not the start, the moment you start singing, not like any other part, like the second anyone can see you. And it goes until the moment they can't see you anymore. And that, I, I guess that now that you ask me, I guess that stuck with me because it's like, Every moment matters. It's not just during the board meeting. It's not just during the pitch. It's not just during the sales call. Like it's literally every single moment. And that, that, that's absolutely true with, with storytelling. And, and storytelling is not just stories and what you say in a podcast. I mean, it's, it's board meetings, you know, it's, it's investor calls. It's, it's everything. It's how you show up to your customers. It's how you show up with your team. It's everything. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I love that. I think it's interesting that you pick a story, you pick a mentor, someone who had an impact that was hard on you, right? I love that. What when you so you went to Western Michigan? Sure did. Right, go Broncos. And then is the <laughs> West? I think Western Michigan beat Purdue once. And I remember being really upset about that. That sounds um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine you probably knocked us out in the NCAA tournament, like in round two. <laughs> so, so you go to Western Michigan, and and then. Are there, and and then we'll kind of back up. I'm curious if there's like one, two, three, four steps that are like direct linkages to you starting Casted. Hmm. And then I want to kind of work backwards and kind of find out what happened at those steps that like were catalysts for you to go, oh, maybe I want to take this turn. Mm -hmm. I want to step through this door next and that door led to the next door. Okay. Let's do that. Where'd you start your career? First job I had, first like, you know, real job I had. Right. I started as an intern my junior year of college at an organization called Southwest Michigan First, which also came up before we started recording. It's an economic development corporation in Southwest Michigan in Kalamazoo, which is a real place. And I was an intern there doing marketing communications stuff. And as internships often do, that turned into stay and, you know, why don't you do it? For instance, turn into part time. And my senior year of college, I was doing like two days, two or three days a week there and two, th- two or three days a week of school. And then when I graduated, it turned into a real job. And I left there with the title associate vice president and director of communication. So 
I had, again, a mentor that was really hard on me. I How so? So I was, when I was graduating, I was engaged because, again, had met my, my husband and I had been together a thousand years at that point. And we were getting married that summer. And the outgo, what became the outgoing CEO that had been there during my internship days was like, hey, before I leave, I want to get it buttoned up that you have a job here. Like, you belong here. You've done so much. I want to get you a job. It was very modest. It was looking back, it was barely, barely an offer. But seven dollars and fifty cents exactly. <laughs> and but it was it was a job, and he wanted to, it, and I love that he that was important to him. His name's Barry Broom. He was wonderful. And great alliteration. So he 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 left, and then the new CEO came in, and he came in a week before my wedding. So he started like July or two weeks. My July sixteenth was when I got married, and he came in like first of July or something, and. He didn't like that he inherited this, you know, 21, 22-year-old person that was running literally all of marketing and decided to test me. And so he was like, before I get there, so this was like June, he's like, before I get there, I want a new website. Oh, gosh. And I was like, so not knowing any better, I was like, okay. And I did it. And I launched it from, I launched it in the couple of days between my wedding and my honeymoon. Oh, my gosh. Like, I just, by myself, like, we had eight people on the team. The whole team. So like That's the entire cool. company. And so I wow. was all of marketing. I didn't know any better. What platform did you use? Oh, my gosh. Gosh. It was like Drupal or something. It was probably something like no, Drupal it was, or Joomla. It was, yeah. It, I actually used Dreamweaver to like make it. That's how I built my first website. You know? Yeah. Macromedia. Exactly. <laughs> this, is, this is all over my head thing. and so i just did the thing and you know went on my honeymoon and then came back and was like i have a job right and he was like well and just kept like raising the bar raising the bar and he's like we need new brand standards and i was like okay and just like made a new brand design and uh, i just kept meeting the bar and exceeding because i you know i I just didn't know any better i didn't know that this was like borderline like (laughs) not okay (laughs) And at one point, he was like, okay, wow. All right, let's do this. And he gave me a really big raise and was like, let's do this. Like, the, I, I don't care that you're 22. I don't care that you're green. Like, we, we'll make sure it doesn't stay that way. And he he brought me in, like, on all of these big things. We had these big, huge media tours. And I w- it was me and him. And I was in, you know, I was at Bloomberg with him. I was at Wall Street Journal with him. And uh, I learned a lot because he he tested me, which we could argue whether or not the way he decided to do that was okay. But then after that, I, I got brought into things that I had no business, like in, in lots of other situations, I would have had no business being in on. And therefore, I got the exposure. I got the confidence of like, okay, this is Wall Street Journal, but it's just Wall Street Journal. Like, right. this, is, this is Inc. Magazine, but it's just Inc. Magazine. Yeah. And it became, I think forever after, that's been attainable. And like, why not? You know? That's so right. I love it. Yeah, so that was one. What did you learn from him that you still use today in how you're leading Casted? Oh, man. I think it's both. I mean, a lot of what to do and what not to do, like you take from everybody. Sure. He was a very early is on time, on time is late, and late is an acceptable person. And so I find that I carry that with me, but it's also <laughs> like, okay, then everybody's that way. It's okay. It's all right. Exactly. Lindsay, I kind of like as you talked about these, launching a new website, talked about brand standards, it's kind of like, and I just did it. Like looking back, I feel like it's easy to kind of brush over that and it's just like, oh, it was whatever. But in the moment, how did that, how did you feel being a recent college grad Mm. with this immense amount of work? Like, how did that make you feel back in those days while you were going through it? Man, I bet my husband and I remember this very differently. I mean, I remember being 
overwhelmed and excited at the same time because I think the further you get into your career, the more I mean, I had I had I was naive, you know, I I didn't know what I didn't know. And I knew that I could just do it. You know, I think you get further into your career and and you realize more of what kind of what you have to lose, everything that could happen, the red tape that you should probably go through as opposed to just, a, you know, circumventing it all together. And I think you you start to become bogged down by it sometimes, which is one of the cool things about being an entrepreneur and about working in a startup is that there's a lot more of that. Let's just do it. Let's just, you know, I'm just going to do it or you should just do it. Whereas a large corporation, you don't That'd have that. That would be a good slogan. Just do just it. Do yeah, it. Yeah. That's yeah. a great it's idea. Someone would have thought of that. <laughs> Speaking of brand standards. It's a good one. Write that down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think always coming a... up with great ideas on this podcast. <laughs> I think that's a good mindset to have, right? Because yeah. a lot of times you said we're compensated super well. It's your first job. You're getting all these opportunities and people get caught up in the, well, I'm doing the work of someone who's a senior vice president or director. I'm doing all this work, but I'm paid like I'm just out of college. And I I think that the way you didn't get caught up in that and it's just like, hey, put your head down, get this work done. And like saw that as an Mm -hmm. opportunity is special. I was literally, while you're saying that, I was thinking the word opportunity. Like I, I just, we talked about Lansing, Michigan. We talked, there it is, Lansing. We, we talked about, you know, steps along the way. And I honestly, looking back, I I didn't know any better. Like I just knew without knowing it in so many words, like this is an opportunity. Like this is not a test and yet yeah, it's, it's crap. And maybe I, I probably complained about it and I felt like I was working a lot. And I was, I was, I was working around the clock, but like, this is an opportunity. If I do this, I'm going to, you know, win this guy over. And I did. And if I do this next thing, I'm going to get this next opportunity. And I think that's always been my mentality. And I think today, as we are in this, you know, recession, downturn, whatever we're calling it, there is so much of that. And we can get frustrated about the way things should be. We can get frustrated about the way things are. We can get frustrated about what's not happening and about what's not available to us as individuals or as leaders or as companies. Or we can just see the opportunity and just do it and and take whatever solution. comes out of it be part mm-hmm. of the solution right not mm-hmm. the problem yeah love it so yeah. you're in a you're in a leadership role there Were wait you... i am oh no oh you don't mean now okay. no well wh- no no but back <laughs> in, so you left as like an associate vice president <laughs> yeah when you up there mm-hmm. were you managing people at that point did you have a team i had i had one one person who was like a year younger than me who she and i both felt really weird about her reporting to me so <laughs> Kind of not really. Well, can you talk about that for like <laughs> being young and in a leadership position and mm-hmm. how do you be a good leader, but also like, you know, like own up to the fact that, hey, I am only a year older than you and I don't have that much more professional experience, but I was mm-hmm. selected to be the leader. And how did you manage that relationship? I, I mean, there was that situation. I don't I don't know that we did there, but other situations since then, I think um, just trying to be authentic and trying to be like what I'm doing. This is weird. (laughs) You know, this is a weird thing. How can I serve you? How can I help you? How do you want to divvy up responsibilities? What can I do to like break down barriers? Still today. I mean, like that's how I do with my team now. It's like, you know, this is nobody has has been on day whatever we are of casted before. Yeah. This is the first We're for all, all of us. It up as, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, what do we how do we want to do this? How can I break down walls? How can I how can I best support you and help you get done what you need to do and make you feel supported and i don't know if that's right but that's worked so far how'd you end up in chicago Lindsay? we wanted to be there yeah yeah what was it about chicago that kind of drew you in i have 
always wanted to live in Chicago. Mm. I remember I went there, um, I don't know, when I was 10 or 11 or something. And the entire time I was there, I was like, I'm going to move here someday. <laughs> this is my home. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Chicago. <laughs> I am the biggest anti-Chicago guy, unfortunately. Well, do you like, do you like New York? I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, from a town of 1,200 people in rural northern Indiana, I'm just like. Well, I have this theory that, like, if you, you like one or the other, like, you either like New York or Chicago because they're so different. I don't really like Nate's a region rat. No, (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) I would like Chicago if I was from the region. Uh I like New York to go see a Broadway show or maybe do a little grocery shopping, but I feel like I suffocate if I stay longer. Mm -hmm. It's like Vegas. Mm -hmm. It's it's good for a couple nights. It's too much. That's how I am. I love that Chicago, you you literally can walk from like one end to the other. Like it's, you can get your arms around it. I don't know. I've just, I loved it forever. Yeah. So I I always get ticked off as soon as I get a drive up there and it's like, oh, now I got to find parking. It's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm angry from the second I get out of my car when I finally find a spot and then I get back in my car and there's traffic trying to get out of there and it's just like book it's a ends, journey book it's ends just a of journey. just like a bad experience but yeah. the middle time is fun <laughs> <laughs> so so you made it to Chicago the promised mm-hmm. land oh man from Lansing mm-hmm. you made the pilgrimage to Chicago oh yeah how did you end up in Indiana so we lived in Chicago for seven years something like that and we were in Chicago when we were, you know, young, married, no kids. And then we had a kiddo and then we had more. And when we thought one was on the way, it turned out to be two were on the way. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're like, well, this is no longer sustainable because we're just not going anywhere. We're doing anything and very expensive. <laughs> and so we we looked to try to get back to Michigan to family. And I was working remotely and my husband was working in sales and asked about Michigan territory. And they're like, not Michigan, but how about Indiana? And here we are. We didn't know anyone. We didn't have any family or friends. Or I remember we found a realtor online and she was my friend, whether she liked it or not. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. She unloaded me a little. She was like, you're a little clingy. But that's how we ended up here. Make sure to mark your calendars for August 29th through 31st for Rally, the world's largest cross-sector innovation conference featuring pitch competitions, demo arena, interactive experiences, and a whole lot more. Join us on August 29th through the 31st in Indianapolis and visit rallyinnovation.com to secure your tickets today. So you landed in Indiana with your husband. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you had an amazing realtor. We did. (laughs) Yep. What's her name? Do you remember? Jennifer Wolf. Jennifer Jennifer Wolf. Wolf. Jennifer Wolf, you're out there. Yeah. You made a big impression. Well, see, my wife is a realtor, so I hear these names all the time. Mm, You know, oh, I was talking to so-and-so on the phone the other day. Like, I've seen their name on a sign or a bench. She was lovely. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, what were your first impressions of Indiana? Well, okay. Honestly. Yeah. Keep it real. I think this is is good because of, like, how it started, how it's going. And so, what year is this, by the way? So 2013. Okay, 2013. Uh, almost exactly 10 years ago. Yeah. That's wow. weird. Because it was like January 2013. This well, that's why we asked you here today. Very it's strange. the 10 anniversary <laughs> of exactly moving to Indiana. What day? <laughs> that's, that's why. It's almost exactly 10 oh years. Oh, my that's gosh. really strange. We really do our research here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going to come up? Uh, who's going to walk through that door? This is going to be very weird. Oh, did you hear about that? It's mm. Jennifer She'd be like, I didn't even remember you. Oh, my goodness. This is amazing. Okay. So first impressions. I mean, first impressions when we were looking for, like, we we did, it was like HGTV. Like, we came here one day. Amazing. And it, it was fine. It was great. It was, this is going to work. And then I remember I came for the inspection. I had more flexibility than my husband. So he stayed in Chicago with our kiddo. And, like, I came here to do the house inspection. 
And it's no longer in the middle of a cornfield, but it was literally, literally, the neighborhood was like a cutout in the middle of a cornfield. Oh, yeah. And it's how the best neighborhoods are made <laughs> in the Midwest. And so coming from <laughs> it's very efficient yes. from downtown in, <laughs> from downtown Chicago to a cornfield. And I was like, what are we doing? What are we doing? But, you know, the the way that both that area has evolved and like what and then 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 I got to know Indianapolis. Right. Yeah. And so I was so amazed with everything that was already here. I mean, this was right around the time that the exact target sales force yeah. whole situation almost, happened. Almost 10 years ago as well. Yeah. And just walking into that was honestly kind of pleasantly surprised. It, we didn't come here for my work. We came here for my husband's. And so being able to pick a place that worked for our family and for his his job and then be like, oh, there's a huge MarTech scene here. This is going to be okay. This is going to be just fine. Yeah. So yeah, it was, I feel like we took, I feel like we, it's like coming to a party where you come in the back door mm-hmm. and you're like, I think that's where we're in the <laughs> But then like you walk in and you're like, oh yeah, this, this is great. That's so, a great analogy. Yeah. So you said you didn't, came here not knowing anyone except Jennifer. Literally uh, no one. How did you meet people? Um, well, I was working, like I said, I was working remotely. So it's not like I met people at work until I actually started working at Relevance yeah. a couple a couple years later. But at first, our neighbors, church and daycare, honestly, became a really happening place because you're seeing the same parents at drop off and pick up. And for a while, I was the largely, hugely pregnant with twins lady walking around with a two-year-old. And so I had a lot of nice people holding doors for me. And then I'd be like, do you want to be my friend? That's <laughs> 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 I love. So, yeah, that's... That's, I'm serious. That's well, some of our some of our dear friends we met basically that way. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So, well, I I do think there's a, a lesson there mm-hmm. that like you could have very easily stayed isolated. Yeah, I noticed myself even doing this after several years in isolation. You know, it's it's really easy to kind of fade into the background mm-hmm. and just like kind of let things go. But there is something about just saying, "Hey, you want to be friends? Hey, do you want to grab a cup of coffee? Mm-hmm. You want to grab a beer? Yep. Is that something you've always done naturally? No. Well, so my mother would tell you that when I was little at restaurants, I would like be the kid sitting backwards in the booth to the people behind me. And I'd be like, hi, my name's Lindsay. Do you want to be my friend? But as I got older, I don't know. I just, I I think I, speaking out and like, like saying a thing has always been easier than like, do you want to like be my friend? We were talking about vulnerability. It takes yeah. a lot of vulnerability. Yeah. So. So no, I think when you when you don't know anyone and you're in a place where it feels like everyone knows everyone, it can be tough. But I found, and then you realize that people don't. They, all those people talking, they don't know each other either. No, well, and I was actually going to say something that I noticed about Indiana is that people are really nice. Like yeah. shockingly, I don't know if it was coming from Chicago or what, but like in the the grocery line, like I had people being like, "I really like your shoes. Like, do you want to grab lunch sometime?" And I was like, "Yes, I do." And like, hey, we've been standing next to each other at all these kids' birthday parties so long. Like, do you want to grab coffee sometime? Yeah, <laughs> I really do. But yeah, and, and I think also just uh, I tried to do that now too because I know how how alone I was and how how much it meant to me when people reached out. Do you so, think you're an introvert or an extrovert? I am definitely an introvert. That just has breakout moments as an extrovert. I'm a I'm a very social introvert. Like yeah. I, the I difference. To that. Yeah, the difference to me. Somebody told me a long time ago that introvert versus extrovert is where you get your energy mm-hmm. so like after this and then i have an in-person meeting after this i'm gonna be exhausted yeah like i'm gonna go home 
and I'm going to put on my sweats and I'm going to like snuggle up with my kids and like for a minute. Yeah. You know, and I love this. Like this is so great, but it's it it's going to drain me. Whereas an extrovert would be like, no, I'm going to be ready to go out to dinner Let's and then I'm going to be three more of these. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly where my head is at currently. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I Nate loves this stuff. I can run these back to back to back. Nate's to back. a generator. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, clearly what you did and getting to know yourself and how you are someone who recharges outside of the microphones being on, outside mm-hmm. of the in-person has really worked for you because it led you to the journey that you're on now at Casted. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came to be? Like how Casted started? Yeah, that's over three years ago now, right? Yeah, almost four. Oh my God. Wow, time yeah. flies. Can we actually, before we go to the Casted sure. conception, because I'm excited about that, but I think even from what I saw, how did you get into podcasting okay. to start? Because there's a, I think there's a snippet between how you got into podcasting yes. and then how you got into a podcasting company. Truth. Okay. So <laughs> I was working at a company called Amarsis. And before I started there, as I mentioned, I was working at Relevance, previously Slingshot, which a lot of people here in, in indie know both. And when they closed, I started working at Amarsis. And through that whole thing, the reason I bring that up is that I... Speaking of getting to know yourself, like I really, really came into my own as like not just marketing, but like there's a thing in content marketing and like that's okay. And that's that's where I want to live and be. And when that happened, this role opened up like global head of content at this company that I'd never heard of called Amarsis. And they're like, yeah, we want to change the fact that people haven't heard of us here. Come on over (laughs) here and lead content and brand. And so I did that. and, And because of kind of the getting to know myself that I did prior to that, I was really excited to come in and not do what other people expected of like a head of content, but like I really believed should happen. And so I kind of walked in and was like, cool, we can do those things, but we're going to do these things. And I'm going to interview all these thought leaders and I'm going to talk to everybody in the company and I'm going to like give me access to customers, give me access to product people. I want to learn. I want to record. And as I did that, this was 20, late 2015, I was like, we're going to do a podcast. And so I had to kind of work up to that. But I just, I knew that that was something that I wanted to do. And I was like, if you want me to be here, this is what I'm doing. And I had a lot of support. So it, it sounds like I had pushback, but I mean, a little bit of pushback because it was like a podcast. Are you serious? And I was like, yes, we're doing this. And so I launched that, I think early 2017 and um, fell in love with it personally because having conversations yeah. and quickly saw both the possibilities and the and the potential in what literally exactly what we're doing right now yeah and also the challenges because i was this marketer i know you feel this like and i was like okay can't wait to see what it's gonna do like (laughs) what was it gonna generate for us and what's what's the roi and what are the metrics and it was like crickets like nothing The, the the roi is nothing because the metrics is nothing and that's it and mm-hmm. so, you know, I was sitting across from our CEO, who was actually a big fan. Like, I would see him in the hallways and he'd be like, I love the podcast. I love it. Listen this morning on my run. And he was a big fan. And he was like, I can't wait to see what it's doing for the business. Like, how much business has it generated? And I was like, well, $10,000. Funny you I mean, you know, the last episode generated like. 50 listens on the first day and he's yeah. like that doesn't mean anything i was like no <laughs> he's like Lindsay, if we don't if we don't if, if that doesn't change like you can't like you're spending too much time on this 
and we're spending too much money. Like, this can't be a thing if it's not a thing. And I was like, give me more time and let me do some videos in London for two weeks, too. And he was like, what? I was like, just let me do that. <laughs> so Sometimes so, it's nice working at a big company. Yeah. So <laughs> I went and captured more content and just did more things. And right around that time, Scott Dorsey reached out to me, which, again, if we go back in this conversation, you'll know that I was one of the few people who was not here during the Exact Target acquisition by Salesforce. I never worked at Salesforce or Exact Target. But I, of course, knew who Scott Dorsey was. And uh, he reached out and was like, hey, we're thinking about doing something. Like, we're, we're hearing more buzz and B2B podcasting. I hear you have one of those. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to be on it? <laughs> Please yes. like and subscribe. I know. <laughs> Smash that like button. So anyway, he was like, I'd love to talk to you about it. And so, of course, Scott Dorsey, I'll come talk to you about my podcast. So we, of course, had this great conversation. And I was like, listen, it's. And I, I've been beating this drum ever since of it's not about the podcast. It's not about the podcast. He was like, tell me more. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, it's about everything it can do for the brand and for the business. Like, I believe, and this was back, you know, four years ago, I believe that conversations that are being had on podcasts can be the center of the entire marketing strategy. Here's how, here's why, and like, no company needs a podcast tool b2b doesn't need a podcast solution they need a way to harness these authentic conversations to fuel literally every single channel that they're already doing and then to measure it and to prove its value to the business and to drive sales and cx and he was like well that sounds cool and i was like <laughs> yeah it does <laughs> like, yeah. and by the way like now i'm interested and to chance you were talking about like did you see entrepreneurship as a thing and and i I didn't. It's just that once I saw this, I couldn't unsee it. Yeah. And um, was it in that conversation at that moment where you're yeah. like, I'm describing my future business? Yeah. And he, I remember he, he, as we were wrapping up that conversation, he said, well, this was great. This was really helpful. Like, you know, what can I do for you? And I was like, well, if you build this Fund thing, <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, if, if you're interested and you're going to build this thing, like I didn't go into this, like thinking this was going to be a thing, but like, if you build this, I want to be a part of it. And he's like, well, that would be great. Maybe, maybe you can be one of the first customers if it's a thing. And I was like, no, 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 no. I, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, well, let's have that conversation. And so we went and we had, you know, Casted was born as part of the iAlpha studio. So that's, that's how that started. What do you think the biggest lesson was that you learned in that first year of being oh, a gosh. CEO, startup CEO? Oh, man, that it was 100% about being comfortable with being uncomfortable still is and the second you learn anything it'll change right i mean right <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep and i think that's still the case and yeah it's 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 truly being comfortable with that because it's it's constantly unknown and and constantly this apparent my first year but it's much more much more obvious to me now it's this constant push pull with having to do things you're not good at and also still desperately trying to find the time to do the things you are good at because your business needs both. Your business needs you to do both, which is really hard. Was there a moment <laughs> that you realized like, okay, we have product market fit, like this is working? I think you think you have it a lot and then it's like, wait, wait. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. wait. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we definitely, wait, hang on. I had, we had it, where'd it go? <laughs> Just a second, <laughs> hang on. Yep, there it is. I found it, guys. Don't worry, I found it. Found credit market fit. Yeah, and I think last three years the market's shifted just a little bit. You know, just a few couple <laughs> things. I think for us, it's and for me, it's always about 
the customer. I mean, we have been just so, I mean, lucky, I guess, but fortunate enough to to work with some incredible, incredible brands. And it's it, to me, it's all about what what they're saying and how they're using the product and how they're fueling us to fuel them. And I think that's that's where it's this constant cycle to me of, yeah, we have it. Okay, we need to continue to keep trying to have it. Yeah. So. What are you most excited about now at Casted? Mm-hmm. We, you know, here we are at the beginning of the year. Today is our first day of our fiscal year. And we have this whole, without going too much down like podcast industry lane, we have this whole vision around what a company goes through as they adopt and mature through the process of adopting podcasts. And that is really coming to fruition this year about not only what it is, but about how it works and about how Casted is uniquely positioned to drive that. And so in many ways, this vision that I and we have had for the last four years is like, oh, oh it's it's just, it's kicking in and it's becoming real and it's, it's exciting. That, that's really interesting. So you're drawing a direct parallel or analogy between, in essence, you start a company, you have different needs on day one, day two, three, four, five, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're drawing that direct, that, that direct connection between a podcast, which totally makes sense, right? Because your your needs when you're you first start doing recordings mm-hmm. that changes rapidly. Yeah. As you just deploy those, you learn, you make mistakes. Right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, without going too far down like podcast lane, you you start with an idea, much like with the company, and then you turn it into a thing. It's something tangible, again, much like with the company, and then. That's stages one and two. And stage three, it's all about, okay, this show, I need to grow an audience. And that's where a lot of people mm-hmm. and brands stop. They're like, it's all about growing the audience. It's feel, growing the audience. But there's, to us, there's especially for brands, there's two more stages. It's this flipping that happens of, it's not about using all of your channels to grow the show. It's about using your show to grow all the channels. And you can't do that until you reach this certain level of maturity. And once you do, though you are just head and shoulders above anybody else that could possibly try to be your competition. And I'm really excited about that this year. Yeah. Can you give some advice, right, to all the listeners out there that might be director of marketing that that has a podcast that might be in that 50 50 lessons a week? What what can they say to like paint that picture to their CEO who's like, why are we putting resources into this thing that gets 50 lessons that doesn't have an audience? Mm -hmm. How do they paint that picture and tell that story? Yeah, you've got to know... Who, it's funny that they rhyme, but you've got to know your audience before you can grow your audience. And you can keep throwing things out there to try to say, yeah, but we're reaching more people. But we as marketers know that that's for what? Who? What are they going to do? Right? Like, why are you doing this? Who's it for and why are you doing it? And so the more you can understand who, not just how many, but who are you reaching? Are you reaching them with the right things? How do you know that? And then then and only then, once you start to understand that, then you can start to say, okay, how can I, again, use use the show that I'm creating to drive other channels? And then how can I start to fuel sales with it? So before you can start to jump jump the line and say, okay, I'm only reaching 50 people a week and I need to start generating revenue. It's like, nope, one step at a time. And if you're there and you're doing a show consistently, start to ask yourself, like, what can I do to better understand who is consuming my content? And cast is not the only way, but there's... The best way. It's probably the best way. <laughs> Absolutely. To do that. Nate, <laughs> let's go. Let's go All with right. the lightning round. Ready for the lightning Thank round? Thank you so much for the additional so. team. Of course. Members. So I'm going to start off with a few from- If from I don't my... like these questions, I'm going to pull a toe if I'm just going to leave. Yes. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> perfect. Absolutely. Perfect. So background in performing arts, what mm. was your favorite role? Oh, a st- ugly stepsister in Cinderella. 
Oh, that's a good super one. Fun. Okay. What was the first podcast you listened to? I listened to the, oh gosh, Coffee with CMO with Dave Gerhart and Dave Cancel. Nice. Okay. What's your currently, what's your favorite podcast? A little bit of optimism with Simon Sinek. Oh, another great one. All right. Mm -hmm. So outside of the amazing entrepreneurs, what is Indiana known for? Oh, goodness. Is this like my opinion or are you testing me? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Your opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I I'm gonna sound like such a like tech founder, but I the talent. I mean the people here there's such a concentration of people that that get it that get it with startups and specifically martech all right perfect what is a hidden gem in indiana Mm. as i don't don't know about a place but as a, a basically vegan person there's a lot of really good vegan or close to vegan food here which was surprising and it keeps getting better like a pork tenderloin sandwich? Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. The official sandwich of Indiana, as voted into law mm. this year. Yeah, and Yum. I think, and wow. I think the the friendly <laughs> the friendly in Zionsville has the best tenderloin in the entire state. I might disagree, but we can talk about that. Off There's there. some good seitan tenderloin sandwiches. <laughs> and our, Lindsay's like, you stop talking about this. I'm gonna vomit. Mm-hmm. All right, eggplant our, sandwiches. Tasty. Yes. Our our final question of the lightning round. Who is someone that we need to keep on our radar? Someone who's doing big things. Oh, gosh. I mean, other than Casted? Person. An individual person. Oh, man. There's so many people. I'm just going to go with the first person. that came. There's, Can I say two people? Two people. We'll, okay. allow it. we'll allow it. Okay. Melanie Allen at Greenloop Marketing. Um, she's just like, we've barely even met each other in real life a couple of times, but like, I just watch what she does and I'm just in awe with how much she's doing for business for marketing and for just Indiana and Indianapolis. She's just awesome. And then over at Indie Maiden, Leslie Bailey, she's fan friggin' tastic. And we've had I, her on the show. Yeah. yeah. And I I I, well, I got to talk to her about the idea of Indie Maven. Like I just she just shared it with me before she started it. And it's just so cool to like I had nothing to do with it. That's not me claiming anything. I had nothing to do with it. I just she told me about it and like then just being able to like sit on the sidelines and watch it all come to fruition for her. It's She's just badass. She's great. Totally agree. I'm throwing in a bonus question here. Favorite podcasters in Indiana or favorite podcasts that hail from Indiana? Um, Other than this one, of course. Obviously. <laughs> well, Front Page or Bust is a good one. Over Demand with Jump. Demand Jump. Yeah. Yep. And this one, obviously. Lev has a great podcast. Bolster is... I think coming up with something, probably spilling the beans there. Mm-hmm. Let's see. This is the place to do that. <laughs> what else? Yeah, can you spill, spill the beans. those and, beans. Uh, Come on. Ev has <laughs> a great one. Stephanie Cox has a really cool one with Lumavate. She's she's done a few different things over the years. Fabian Rodriguez, everything that he is working on, both I mean, drink culture is you can still listen to it, and all the things that he's working on with IBJ and others. I mean, there's there's so many. There's a there's a lot here. A lot of the businesses and a lot of people have great shows. I listened to your show with Tiffany on her podcast, and that was yes, that was oh, scared, scared confident. confident. Was yeah, I mean, shout out to Share Your Genius, which is another one of our partners. They they're here and they produce a lot of shows here too. Like Innovate Map has a show, and Formstack has a show, and there's there's a. I mean, we could talk. You could do an entire show about Indianapolis podcasts. Well, you sounds like we've got our next yeah. next yeah, episode. Like a hell of an idea. We'll have have to have you back. Okay. All right, cool. Let's do it. Lindsay, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for letting me come babble at you for a while. This is great. Way to crush it, Lindsay. (laughs) 
This has been Get In, a Powder Kick production in partnership with Elevate Ventures. And we want to hear from you. If you have suggestions for our guest or segment, reach out to Matt or Nate on LinkedIn or on email. To discover top-tier tech companies outside of Silicon Valley in hubs like Indiana, check out our newsletter at powderkeg.com newsletter. And to apply for membership to the Powder Keg executive community, check out powderkeg.com premium. We'll catch you next time and next week as we continue to help the world get in. Since you just listened to this podcast, you might be thinking about starting one for your company. Lucky for you, our partners over at Casted have you covered. Casted is the first and only podcast and video marketing platform made specifically for B2B brands. I love this about them. The platform makes it possible to publish, syndicate, amplify, and measure the value of your podcast and video content. In fact, we use it for our podcast here at Powder Keg. And if you're a startup, you should listen up because Casted for Startups is definitely for you. They are offering exclusive deep discounts of up to 82% off retail price for qualifying startups. Connect with Casted at casted.us slash powderkeg.